What Mad Universe is part of the Tokyo Beat Podcast Network. Action, excitement, horror, romance, thrills and chills, swords and sorcery, rockets and ray guns, a dizzying panoply of the strange and impossible from the darkest depths of the human imagination. What Mad Universe encompasses such tales as these? Join us as we bear witness to the sweeping sprawl of all the history that never was and all the futures that could yet be. It's adventure as you like it on What What Mad Universe. called Rel Tariki is really a demon? asked Tak. Yes and no, said Yama. If by demon you mean a malefic supernatural creature possessed of great powers, lifespan, and the ability to temporarily assume virtually any shape, then the answer is no. This is the generally accepted definition, but it is untrue in one respect. Oh, and what may that be? It is not a supernatural creature, but it is all those other things. Yes, and I fail to see what difference it makes whether it be supernatural or not, so long as it is malefic, possesses great powers and lifespan, and has the ability to change its shape at will. Ah, but it makes a great deal of difference, you see. It is the difference between the unknown and the unknowable, between science and fantasy. It is a matter of essence. The four points of the compass be logic, knowledge, wisdom, and the unknown. Some do bow in that final direction, others advance upon it. To bow before the one is to lose sight of the three. I may submit to the unknown, but never to the unknowable. Lord of Light, 1967, by Roger Zelaney. Hello, welcome to What Mad Universe. I'm your host, Philip Rice, and with me as always is Adam Prosser. Hello! And today we're discussing the Lord of Light, a sci-fi version of Hinduism and Buddhism that has uh, some interesting real-world effects uh <laughs> as, well, as um, viewers of a certain uh, academy award-winning movie will know or may know um yes uh and we'll be uh talking about that right after this and we're back with another great episode of hold your horses mister this is a commercial for our show nasty lamps uh not the actual show you mean to tell me this is a commercial for our bi-weekly show from game studio Chuhai high labs where we talk about games game dev japan and whatever else comes up yep and it stars me kinsey burke and also it has my uh junior co-host mark lentz sup though so catch brand new episodes twice monthly for only three easy payments of four twenty sixty nine. That doesn't make sense. Nasty Labs only on the Tokyo Beat Network. Uh, so we're back. Uh, so I think we should get into the the Argo of it first, and then get that out of the way. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Yeah. But um, uh, so this um, uh, book had been people had been trying to make it into a movie for a while. In um, '79, there was a uh, an announcement that there would be a 50 million dollar film made of it, and that uh, the sets would be would remain up as a like a permanent science fiction theme park. And they got uh, Jack Kirby to uh, 
do uh, like concept art for what the sets would look like, and they look really cool. So if you look up Lord of the Lord of Light, Jack Kirby, it, mm -hmm. they're 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 really awesome actually. Um, so then uh, cut to a little while later, and uh, uh, there were hostages in Iran, <laughs> um, trapped in the Canadian embassy, um, and uh, the uh, CIA uh, used the script for this uh, uh, previous version of Lord of Light, changed the name to Argo, and decided to pretend to make a movie and that they were scouting locations in Iran uh, to... Uh, um, and use that as an excuse to uh, uh, smuggle the um, hostages out, and it was successful. Is uh, known as the Canadian caper because it was they were in the Canadian embassy. I I think the Canadian government was somewhat involved, though that might be overstated. By I don't know. I I don't know much about uh, the actual history here. I mean, it's, it would have been like, well, of course. It, this is what was depicted in the movie Argo, and and it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Canadian government was involved because at least one of them was Canadian citizen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. But uh, like, I, I, it was a you know a matter of diplomacy, right? But the the main key was to get them through the streets and out towards uh, out through the airport while uh, the Revolutionary Guard, uh, I believe, of Iran was had had seized control of, uh, of the country and uh, you know would have suspected any Americans of being spies. Um, and these guys, I mean, they, these guys were working for the State Department, but I believe, but they, you know, they weren't spies. Um, and um, so, yeah, they had to develop a cover for them. And that's what that that was. Uh, and they, so they did use the Jack Kirby artwork and the, and the script and everything. Like this was a sort of ready made science fiction movie that they were ready to make. That's why it was uh, it was seized on and they had to to set everything up. The movie is ludicrous frankly it, it adds all this stuff that didn't happen to make it more exciting and like it was a uh, the movie argo not the <laughs> yeah the movie argo well lord of light would have been absurd as well i'm sure in a good way um <laughs> but yes it's uh, and, and uh, really disappointing as well in the movie that they did not reference jack kirby there's a, there's a character there who is apparently supposed to be kirby but they don't identify him by name and um yeah and he doesn't act like kirby yeah and and the the and also kirby had done the artwork like for a previous version of the production so right well but they did use the kirby artwork uh in yeah. the actual caper and then yeah. the movie did not show the kirby artwork for whatever reason i'm not really sure what was going on there uh but they 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 you know, they pseudomized everything about Kirby, which is one of the coolest parts of the story to me. Um, anyway, um, it was all based on, it, this was all told in an article uh, a few years before, which they adapted into the movie. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very disappointing movie in my mind. But anyway, we're going to talk. It's also, it's also pretty racist. Like not, not to say the Iranian government is okay in any way, shape or form, but it sort of predicts, it uh, depicts the people of Iran as like mm -hmm. zombies. Yeah. Like there's a scene where they're driving through the streets and all the, the Iranians are like putting their hands on the car windows and like it's just very I don't know uncomfortable yeah. like the whole mass you know horde of brown people yeah. I don't know yeah um, there's got to be a better way to depict that sort of thing yeah well we're gonna talk about the actual book uh, Lord of Light by Roger Zelensky. yeah. Uh, I, I just thought we should get totally that out of the in. way since that's what most people know about it. Right. That's that's what that's the the. I mean, it, it was a, it, it's been a well-regarded novel in science fiction circles for quite a while, as you can tell by the fact that they were going to make a movie out of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of based on Hindu mythology. Anyway, why don't you uh, tell us about it there, uh, Phil? Philip? Uh, yeah. So um, it's it's actually it starts out. It's told out of order. It starts with. Uh, uh, Sam, who is uh, 
the Buddha, or presented as the Buddha, uh, being brought back uh, from uh, Nirvana, which is, uh, and uh, in order to, to accomplish some great thing, and this is after, some time after he already did something involving the, uh, the Hindu gods, uh, it's kind of, and there are references peppered in to like, somebody smokes a cigarette, or they reference uh, electromagnetism, or there's a machine that collects prayers, or that sort of thing. Right, like to, and, when they draw him out of Nirvana, they use like an electronic equipment that pulls him out of Nirvana, if I'm not mistaken. It's not... Yeah, and Nirvana is described as like a, uh, um, oh, what was it? Uh, like ba basically the, the field around around the planet. Oh, the radiation belt surrounding the planet. Um, and then it cuts to earlier. Um, so the, it's sort of, this was an in media's res thing. And, uh, we start getting more references to, uh, like there's three moons and, uh, uh, horses are apparently, uh, no longer breedable. So they're using something called a slizzard, which seems to be some sort of reptilian creature as a, as a horse-like mount. And there's various other creatures and like, uh, purple trees and, um, and uh i and uh, uh somebody references the song the blue danube and uh wine from lost Eureth. uh um so there we we start getting this idea that it, it's not actually just hindu mythology it is something in the future right uh eventually uh we learn that um uh uh, many generations ago, the um, uh, spaceship called the Star of India crashed on this uh, planet, and uh, the original inhabitants used uh, technology to um, um, both augment themselves, and uh, there, there's um, something that's not really explained, but uh, a lot of them have a mutant ability as well, like some sort of superpower uh, that seems to come out of their genetics. Um, and... Uh, so they they both um increased their power with technology and also uh figured out a way to uh uh resurrect in new bodies like with through technology um and uh they uh eventually produced more generations on this planet they fought off the original inhabitants who are the uh, rakasha um who are like uh, energy uh demons they used to have human like shape but they gave them up for immortality but they still like crave the flesh so they need to they feel the need to uh take over human beings in order to just debauch themselves uh, and then wear out the bodies and then do it all over again right and they um, love to gamble if i recall correctly too right yes <laughs> yes they're, they're basically living id mm -hmm. um and so uh the original inhabitants called the first the original um uh, space or not the original inhabitants the the original uh, uh, people on the ship referred to as the first um, set themselves up as uh, literally the Hindu gods like um, just modeling themselves after the Hindu gods um, and uh, yeah, why do they why do they do that again like they had a rationale for it I can't remember what it was uh well I mean <laughs> They they have various rationales for it, but it's just because they're arrogant. Okay. Like they just want to rule this planet. Um, they they come up with reasons like the um. They're they're 
they're ruling over their subsequent generations, so like their children and their children's children, which over time it's just become the planet, uh, planet's population. Um, and they, they say, you know, the, these uh, people aren't ready for like the technology we have there. It, it's better for them to think of us as gods so we can, you know, shepherd them um, into uh, a better place. But like they, they've reinvented uh, the, um, uh, say the printing press has been reinvented several times, but it's always uh, destroyed by the gods because they don't want uh, humanity to get to power like they're they're not even letting humanity develop on its own much less give them their the technology they they have access to mm-hmm. um so the um uh main gods are uh like i said they're they're based on they base themselves on the hindu gods so there's uh the the hierarchy is uh, they're ruled by the uh uh trimurti which is uh, brahma vishnu and Sh- and uh shiva um brahma uh is uh um depicted as a uh uh oh and the the bodies are mortal like the but they they reincarnate and uh using the technology yeah really um, only the gods can reincarnate in this version no no right? uh everybody gets reincarnated uh they the cycle of samsara uh uh is controlled by the lords of karma who um uh, decide if somebody gets reincarnated as a human or an animal or so right, forth. Right, right. But it's all like systematized. <laughs> so it's the same um, thing as in you know actual hum- uh, Bo- uh, Hinduism, the the idea of the caste system and so forth, <laughs> and even lower than the caste system with the uh, animal kingdom. Uh, but it's like scientific. They're like literally being reborn into these forms. It's not like a metaphysical thing. Right. Like demonstratively, they they are um, reincarnating. Right, right. They're, and uh, they're moving. Their, you seem to their be able to carry into a new body. Do they? Can, yeah. Do you remind me if they do they like clone the new bodies or, or build them or whatever? It seems. Um, it's. I found it unclear how exactly they were being made. I assumed it was some sort of cloning thing because they said, you know, say Brahma's body was like uh, scientifically perfected, like as as uh, fit as a human being can be. Mm. Okay. Um, Brahma is actually uh, was a woman in his original form, and he feels extremely um, uh, self-conscious because he's he's presenting as a man. He has he has sex with women, um, and he he always feels like um, uh, Shiva is you know doing better than him because he has like pure male energy. So there there's a bit of I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's a like again, this is from the seventies, right? So it's sixties, yeah. Sixties, yeah. It's 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 a little bit, you know, like you can view it as progressive, but also you know awkward. <laughs> but like they acknowledge the that trans people exist essentially, uh, that there would be someone who would want to be in a different uh, gender than they were assigned at birth, basically, um, in the form of uh, Brahma, uh, who is the yeah. who's, Brahma being the creator god of the universe in Hindu mythology as well. So it. It's sort of a like having a, a a gender binary wrapped up in one person makes a certain amount of sense as well. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also later, uh, Kali ascends to the the status of Bra- Brahma and becomes a male, but doesn't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. They they there always has to be a god because they kill the original Brahma. So 
like for good, so they they can't reincarnate. And uh, they're, they're but they're always has the to true be a death, as they call yeah, it. Yeah, right. There always has to be a Brahma, so they have to assign someone else to be the new Brahma, basically. Yeah, and it's like the the hierarchy going, everybody going up a step in the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. So so yeah, it, it was sort of interesting reading through this and sort of figuring out what was going on because they don't give it to you up front. There's not like a scroll at the beginning that says, you know, a, a centuries ago a spaceship crashed and now all the the original inhabitants are worshipped as the Hindu gods. You know, it's it's not like that. It, you you put it you piece it together as the book goes on. Right. Um. There's also a lot of uh uh. One one of the uh, uh, major characters in this is uh, uh, Yama, the uh, the death god, uh, who is a Hindu god, but here is a uh, a scientist um, who uh, invents all the the technology that the uh, the other gods use. Um, say the the fire god has a has a, um, a wand which produces like extremely hot uh, um, energy, uh, but he has to wear like goggles over his eyes to protect his eyes and like a sleeve over his arm mm -hmm. um that looks sort of like a cast uh to uh in order to uh properly wield this so again they they are like technically human bodies but uh um with advanced tech and yeah equipment. with advanced tech and with a uh like i said a lot of them have like a mutant ability mm -hmm. uh that that goes uh passes on through their bodies um like um it, it's it's described as uh like a fundamental part of their their mind so even it, when their mind is transferred into a new brain uh the mind will reshape the brain and apparently eventually the body into the original uh shape that the person has um and so when a person uh uh when say a god with with one of these powers goes into a new body it'll take a little while but they'll eventually get remaster that that ability mm -hmm. um though that's a little like the shape of some somebody's uh like mental like uh i'm not sure how to describe this say the the phantom limb syndrome like a lot of people who are missing a limb will feel that limb that doesn't mean they grow it again so right yeah it's a little bit of pseudoscience there, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's so hard to say how it's so hard to say how something like, um, uh, you know, consciousness transferal would work, right? It's it's yeah. not something that actually exists and that we actually have, so uh, it's hard to say. I mean, but you know, the mind is a funny thing. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, it it's. Uh, it's it's kind of a and yeah like uh so as i understand it if I, as i recall correctly sam mahasam atman as he's called re repeatedly yes who's, who's adopted the form of the buddha and he's kind of done that specifically to sort of disrupt uh the gods and disrupt their uh their yes their hold on them. yes he believes in accelerationism so the idea that the um um the common people should have access to the the god's technology and knowledge mm -hmm. um which um is uh unpopular among the gods obviously <laughs> right yeah um and so uh sam uh who uh doesn't believe in buddhism but uh adopts it specifically because he thinks it'll uh be an effective weapon against the the gods um 
uh, and so he starts spreading around and, you know, reenacting Buddhist uh, uh, things. Uh, he is one of the, the first, but, like, he hasn't set himself up as a god, mm -hmm. unlike most of them. Um, and he has uh, the ability of uh, uh, electromagnetic uh, control, uh, which he used uh, to, uh, to bind the, the demons, the, the Rakasha, who were the original inhabitants of the world. Yeah. Um, there's also, just going back to what you said about how he's kind of, he's spreading this religion that he doesn't believe in, there's a, a nice bit uh, where his, uh, his main, his lead follower, his right-hand man, uh, talks about how he achieved enlightenment. He had this amazing moment of, you know, Buddhist, it's a big thing in certain forms of Buddhism, certainly Zen Buddhism, where you're supposed to sort of, yeah, there's this moment where you're supposed to see the world, like, like there's a lot of stories in Zen Buddhism of how they became enlightenment. It's usually sort of grasping an absurdity, like something strange happens that kind of bends your brain in a new direction. Um, anyway, they talk about how his, his, uh, his follower has this moment of great enlightenment and he's, and he's, you know, he's a true believer in everything. And, and, um, eventually I think it's Yama comes to kill him and they have a huge fight and Yama kills him. And then Yama comes after Sam and he goes, I've killed one enlightenment, not one enlightened one. Now I'll kill the other. And Sam says, well, you actually killed the only enlightened one because I was just faking it the whole time, basically. But he got enlightened, yeah. even though it was, even though I'm faking this, you know, I enlightened this one guy. So, you know, he was, he's better than me in a sense, you know, like that was, that was kind of a cool idea. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this other character, uh, uh, Rilt, uh, who gets uh, renamed uh, Sugata, which is one of the other names of the, the Buddha. Um, um, so it's sort of splitting the, the Buddha into like two figures. Um, and it actually says after uh, uh, Sugata dies that uh, he'll be just rem like his deeds will be remembered as things Sam did. Right. Um, right. And uh, yeah, th this guy was like the. Uh, a, a master assassin, like the world's greatest assassin and um, second world's greatest swordsman after uh, Yama. Um, and, uh, but he, he found enlightenment and um, uh, he actually does uh, fight Yama who um, uh, has a conversation with Sam about it where Sam says, well, he wasn't actually breaking, like he didn't actually think he could win so he wasn't actually breaking the taboo against killing. Oh. Um <laughs> He he, ne he didn't think he could actually do it, so. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um. Um, yeah. So uh, this uh whole book is um, uh, obviously it's it's through the lens of science fiction, but it's about as close as fantasy as as science fiction can get, right? Right. Uh, I actually remember um Neil Gaiman, I believe, talking about this book and talking about how um. He said, you know, if you look at it, 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 it in a weird way, it it's, comes very close to being superhero storytelling. Um, you know, it's got some of the ideas that you'll see in a lot of later superhero work, where especially the idea of like people assigning themselves like identities, like like the gods are kind of like superhero identities and mm -hmm. uh, and various things, uh, various things like that. It's and like the, the sort of iconography and 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 the ideas behind it are. They they are very superhero-ish, which is kind of interesting. Um, uh, but, like, um, obviously der derived from Hinduism. Um, yeah. What, like, yeah, the gods are described as having an aspect and a attribute, which are uh, powers and, like, a, a weapon that they can wield it with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, say, Shiva has a um, 
destructive power and it's channeled through a, a trident. Um, uh, that sort of thing. Yama has has a uh, a death glare and he he uh, channels it through various uh, 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 of his uh, uh, weapons. Uh, Kali has a uh, uh, what was it? A staff with a wheel on it. Hmm. As yeah, the skull uh, skull wheel, which is uh, some kind of ultrasonic emitter. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and definitely like the the aspect. I, I mean, you can definitely see why why Jack Kirby would be drawn to this. It's very much uh, um, mixing um, mythology with science fiction, right? Like with he did throughout his career. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously Thor, the New Gods, uh, the Eternals. Uh, it's it seems very close to to Jack Kirby's heart in terms of. Uh, uh, the subject matter. Yeah, and around the 1970s, uh, there was some. Uh, you start to see some like Eastern influences in Kirby's work, which might have been prompted by working on this project as well, uh, because he, you know, like f- for instance, uh, like the Thor, like when when he took on Thor, it was just a goofy way to have a new superhero who had the power of Thor. But Kirby got into it and he started studying Norse mythology and he built that book into a really cool sort of fantasy epic. Um, so he always he always got into the sec the 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 subject matter that he was adopting and 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 it went into his work in interesting ways. Um, now, like, I don't know that much about Hinduism. I have to say, so Me I, neither. I like I I'd like <laughs> I I do want to know to what degree Zelaney like um, was adopting his own ideas and to which ideas he was trying to sort of like filter it through the lens of Hinduism. Like you have to assume that for instance, like Yama being the scientist who built all this uh, cool tech, like that must be based on something in Hindu mythology where Yama, the God of death creates weapons for the gods or something. Like, I don't know, like that, that presumably he didn't just make that up, but who knows, you know? Um, I, I'm Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I Hindu, like it's, it's kind of a hard thing to, to just research out of nowhere, so I didn't really, really, um, uh, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, uh, jargon and stuff and, uh, philosophy that I just don't connect to, because I wasn't raised with this stuff, so, (laughs) yeah, um, um, I I didn't even bother looking into (laughs) Hindu mythology for this episode, Mm. so sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean, um, um, uh, uh, I do kind of, wonder like it at a certain point is this a little disrespectful to hinduism i mean it's a real religion right like he's yeah but at the same time like in universe these are just people reenacting the religion right yeah it's not like the the thor thing where uh, thor is the basis for the religion it's the other way around right um yeah it's true and i mean there's people who who are to this day, you know, worshippers of, I think it's called Astari, which is the, the modern day worship of the Norse gods. And they've, you know, they've expressed some ambivalence against, uh, about the Thor comics for that reason, because they, you know, they, they feel like it's, it's slightly disrespectful. And of course they, he plays very fast and loose with the mythology. Like he makes Loki, Odin, yeah. uh, Thor's brother instead of Odin's, which is as he is in the, the original and so forth. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the point is that, like, it's that's very explicitly not Hinduism or Buddhism for that matter. Like, it's a, it's a, it, it's a, 
pseudo version of it but it is you know a white guy uh writing about hinduism to a uh a, a western audience um who probably didn't uh you know know hinduism although Hind- like eastern religions were getting popular at the time um like in the 60s and there might have been a bit more knowledge about that kind of stuff but um he did like you can you can say he was kind of going well you know he was coming from a from an outsider's perspective basically and and i uh, you know yeah. i think there are like he he definitely seems to know hindu mythology like that I, I i he's read up on hindu mythology and it's it's his take on it for sure he's not just you know uh reconfiguring it the way he wants it to be and and as you say they explicitly bring in sci-fi aspects of it that uh that make it different but but you know it's anyway i i, I don't know if uh, there's ever been it a should also be matter. mentioned one of the main villains uh that ends up uh that they end up fighting at the very end is uh uh Niriti, who is a christian um explicitly he's one of the first and he, he he's named after actually a, a hindu god uh but um uh he actually uh finds this whole situation blasphemous and uh uh he sets up an empire on his own um populated by zombies who uh follow like they're they're literally the mindless ones um who uh follow him unquestioningly unquestioningly and uh he just wants to take over the world to convert it to uh christianity because mm. he finds all this just absolutely this all this idolatry is has to be abolished mm, i see i forgot i forgot about that part i mostly remember it being about uh sam's sort of journey and everything but yeah uh, but that's that's the final battle after after they um uh they fight the uh the main hindu gods uh the hindu gods have a pyrrhic victory but their um um station is um sort of comes into question uh hu- human beings realize that they're not really all that right. basically yeah it, like you know the making a god bleed thing um literally um and uh uh that's actually the uh where where sam dies and when he's get br- gets brought back at the beginning that's actually to uh take care of this this new threat that's right cuz they actually sided with uh uh Niriti in this battle but uh Niriti as you know it was probably a mistake cuz Niriti couldn't be trusted and he wanted to uh he was just in it to to destroy the gods and then he was going to turn on them right which he did <laughs> so they had to bring Sam back in order to uh defeat him Right. Okay. So the final battle. Yeah. And it, it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And it was so. Sorry. That's the like the indigenous entities as well going on the side of Nariti or going to fight Nariti. They were on the side of Nariti and then they switched to fight Nariti. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Um. So. Uh. Sam led up. Uh. An army of. Uh. Both the. Um. Uh. The Rakasha. The. The indigenous demons and. Uh. Uh. uh various gods he brought to his side as well as uh, human beings uh, to fight against the gods mm. um and then um the gods won but uh they they were humbled by the event and so they were weakened uh to the point where Nariti uh started coming after them as well and wanted to sort of wash over the world right and how does it how does that conclude did they defeat Nariti i can't remember yes yeah yes um uh yeah, he he actually uh dies in the arms of Sam, so yeah. Hmm. 
and ask for Sam's blessing as he does so. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but he's he's yeah he's depicted as like uh, yeah yeah he's a fundamentalist Christian explicitly. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 it's been a while since I've read this book. I remember big chunks of it, but I didn't remember that aspect at all, which actually, which is... makes this the second um, uh, sci-fi novel we've read that in, that ends with uh, the Buddha fighting against Christianity in a sci-fi setting. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, with the Buddha being for, the good For those guy, who yeah. haven't listened to all our... Uh, Ryu Mats, uh, Matsuse. Yeah. Sorry, Ryu Matsuse's... Um, and I always get the name wrong. Uh, Ten billion days uh, and a hundred billion nights. Is what yes, yeah. I always get the numbers wrong. But yes, that was very good. Yeah. I, I think I preferred that book just because it was so weird. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. This is a fairly um, pulpy plot in a, in a which I mean in a positive sense. Like it really grips you and drags you along very effectively um, from from turn to turn and page, keeps the pages turning as it were. Um, Delaney. Uh, wrote a big fantasy epic called uh, uh, the Amber Chronicles, uh, which has a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of different install. I can't remember how many books he made of it, but that's yeah, it's uh, that's his, that's sort of the thing he's most remembered for. I would say the Chronicles of Amber, um, but um, but yeah, because of the Argo situation, this book's remembered pretty well. Yeah, and and the Jack Kirby and that. The Jack Kirby art. Right. I mean, that stuff's really cool. Yeah, it is. And like, yeah, like just, I would have read it just for that. You, you mentioned it already, but like, yeah, apparently there were plans to make it into a theme park, and I, I, yep. I thought it was more than just we were going to leave the set standing. I thought they were actually going to build it up and make it into a real, a real uh, thing. I don't know. I, I like presumably there'd be yeah, rides yeah. That, and that's things. minor. Like they would have built the sets to last, basically. Right. Okay. Which is an interesting. Uh, which they actually did for the uh, when they uh, remade Hobbiton with the Hobbit, they actually uh, built with actually lasting materials so that people could actually right. go there as a as a uh, right tourist spot. Yeah, people do. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know people love to visit Hobbiton and some of the other Lord of the Rings sets. Um, I think it. I don't even know if it was specifically that like, oh, we can make tourist money off this. Although they pro- they may have that might have been the the, the thing, but um, I think it was also the fact that they. Um, they believed they would um, like the, the the original idea of the Hobbiton was that they were going to build these sets and let them sit for a year as like vegetation grew and everything and and like make it look like a really lived in place, right? Um, so it was for the movie specifically, but you know it had the oh no that that was with the uh, Lord of the Rings the original oh I see what you're saying okay gotcha okay yeah they let the the uh, the gardens grow in naturally over the course of a year yeah right. Um, yeah, this is, but they built the the sets with in the original Lord of the Rings with, uh, you know, film set materials that w- weren't built to last. Okay. So when they uh, rebuilt it for the Hobbit movies, uh, they decided to just go in and build them for real. Oh, okay. All right. I was see, I was under the impression that Hobbiton looked, and some of the other places in Lord of the Rings looked the way they did because they had been built specifically for a long time to allow like them to, to settle in and yeah yeah i mean yeah. set like uh the the set materials they last a while it just they're not like of course yeah. a permanent thing yeah all right fair enough uh that's interesting. yeah they, they did let them yeah they did build them at the beginning of production then film those scenes at the at the end of production i believe mm. and that's why they allowed the gardens to grow that anyway kind of, that's yeah it. yeah well no i mean because it's so it's kind of in a sense they did what was thought 
to do with this, uh, right? Like, it yeah. sounds like with Lord of the Lord of Light, they had like this big long term plan to make it into a real, a, a much more epic. Th- they, people had big, crazy, epic ideas for for sci fi movies back then. You think about what they were doing with, um, um, you know, uh, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune and stuff. Like, he went beyond yeah. just we're going to shoot this movie on some sets. It was like we're going to. You know, like I'm going to train my son to to learn martial arts so that he can be the star, and like all these weird, weird ideas. Like, yeah, and he was going to um, create. I, an art I have seen that. You know? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So he was saying he was going to create that. a series of art collectives to make all the music and art that was going to be used in the. You know, like it, it was just such a much more elaborate project than just, uh, you know, the 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 way even the most expensive movies we get nowadays seem like a little bit cheapo and rushed compared to these grand visions that they used to have. And, and this was one example of that. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah. Oh, just Jodorowsky's Dune. Um, I, I saw that documentary. I, I question how much, uh, like uh, he, uh, he had the intent, but I question how much that movie would have actually worked as a movie. Oh, maybe, but I mean, the point was that, and I mean, he was, yeah. he was only asking for something like $15 million too, which is the funny thing. I mean, like remember star Wars almost didn't get funded. either. Yeah. And I have no idea how he would have co- accomplished some of these things with that budget. But remember that's, that's, that's a reasonable amount. That's, that's, that's actually quite a lot in seventies dollars as well. Yeah. Fair. The uh, Lord of light movie was going to be $50 million. Oh boy. In the, in the seventies, 67. Yeah. 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 Well, not. Surely not sixty-seven. Surely it would have been a little, little bit later in the. Oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. I think it, um, seventy-nine. Yeah. Right. Well, seventy-nine was when the hostage crisis happened. Um. So I don't know. That makes it. Oh no, that. Uh, that makes it. That's s- when it was announced they would make it into. Yeah, that's what it felt, says on Wikipedia. Mm, okay. Oh, really? Okay. So they had it ready to go because I thought they used uh Argo. They used it for Argo because they believed like that project wasn't happening so they had all this 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 yeah it it did fall through due it says due to legal problems Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i mean there certainly would have been uh, a rush to sci-fi after star wars uh for sure so that is plausible to me and and the theme park aspect as well it all sounds like the kind of thing they'd be wanting to do whereas jodorowsky was working before star wars although he in some ways he cleared the ground for star wars you could argue yep um but yeah Anyway, that's all. That whole thing is kind of that whole movement of uh, the way Hollywood was shifting in that way was kind of interesting, and it was tied into uh, adoption of science fiction, which hadn't been big until Star Wars and uh, arguably 2001: Space Odyssey. But that was that's a whole different mentality. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, back to the subject of various religions. Uh, there's actually is a part where Sam talks about why he picked Buddhism specifically as the religion he was going to spread. Um, and, uh, he was, he talked about, you know, historical reasons, like he didn't want to pick Christianity for, uh, cause it's, um, or, or, uh, Islam because they both sort of tend to spread by the sword mm. though. I mean, most religions do really, but, uh, including Buddhism. Um, but, uh, um, he, I, I think he wanted the, the least, uh, um, the least destructive one in his mind. Right. That's very interesting because, yeah, Buddhism does not seek to overturn, like, the power structures of the world the way a lot of religions do, even though it's, of course, got this moral center. I'm not, not going to claim to be a, an expert on Buddhism, but it, it, it a lot of it is sort of renounce the world, 
you know, go to live in a, like, the ideal life is to go and live in a monastery and, yeah, um, you know. Uh, free yourself from material attachments right. and all that. Which can include but, political aspects yeah. as well, right? So, yeah. yeah. But Buddhists have, you know, or just like anybody, have, you know, been violent. Yeah. And um, they've been involved in politics as well. I mean, they protested yeah. the Vietnam War famously with the, the setting themselves on fire, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's it's you can't get a religion that's <laughs> that's not going to get involved to some degree with uh, everyone's uh life but yeah it's uh it like that that i mean really the, the i think the real reason it's buddhism in this book is that 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 is kind of the relationship buddhism had to hinduism in some ways yeah yeah and uh I, again that's why sam picked it mm-hmm. um but uh um yeah um um I I found that aspect really interesting that uh, uh, the Christianity comes into play in this book. Yeah, yeah. That they've got e- even if it's it, it's sort of an afterthought, but uh, it, it does play up into the climax. Right. I mean, it is the book is a commentary on religion, not a very yeah. positive commentary on religion, because even the Buddhism no. is sort of cynical. It does ultimately sort of suggest, uh, you know, sci- sci-fi is or science is the the real key to everything and it's just a framework for control. All the religions, including the quote, good religion are a framework for control, right? Like to, to manipulate people. I think that's why he has the whole bit about the enlightened follower, uh, versus like buying into it versus Sam. He's, he's trying to be a little more sympathetic to the idea of being religious, but, um, ultimately I think the book has a bit of cynicism towards religion uh even as even as it's embracing it as a cool sort of fantasy backdrop it's it's a oh absolutely yeah. it's it, I mean Sam in this book is explicitly a con man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like he's he's a trickster god sort of figure but but he's doing uh, it which for I good believe reasons. plays into some Buddhist ideas but you know sort of exaggerating them yeah I mean there are definitely there is a tradition in Buddhism from what I've seen of just the the, the, the Buddha or a teacher of Buddhism being kind of a, a subversive, rambunctious figure who embraces absurdity and isn't, you know, it's not some morally upstanding, like they, they are very big on the idea of like not taking yourself too seriously and not, you know, prostrating yourself before a king and a, and, and like someone who, who claims to have importance and, and, and significance, like, and that can eventually include, people who are teaching buddhism like there's a tendency that to say well we're gonna we're gonna ridicule and undermine the powers of the world but what happens when we get too powerful right so you have to undermine your yourself right you have to or, yeah. or at least the, the the system of thought that you're advancing right and i don't know if this is what that means but that old buddhist cone if you see buddha on the road kill him. yeah yeah exactly i mean there's a lot of cohen's i believe again i'm not going to claim any expertise on this but i, I believe the idea is to sort of sort of smack you in the face and go what is that that's crazy what does that mean and make you think yeah. about it um so sometimes they're sort of extreme st- like whether there's actually a rational meaning behind them is is questionable but i there di- that does seem to reflect an aspect of like don't take anything too seriously don't revere anything too much uh because it's all illusion right so i think that is yeah. actually the idea behind that particular cohen um uh, yeah, and and there is some interesting uh, philosophy talked about in this. Uh, at one point, Sam gives uh, a lecture, and it, it explicitly in the book he's making it up as he goes along and doesn't actually believe it. Uh, but it, um, on uh, uh, the nature of like um, 
uh, beauty and stuff. And before that, they were talking about um, um, uh, sorry, I'm, try I'm trying to uh, f uh, find the wording here. Um, the idea of, of, of language is a way to describe the world. And it's, uh, say, trying to describe fire to somebody who hasn't seen fire. And you say, it's red like cherries, and it moves like snakes, and, and so on. And the person um, who hasn't seen fire uh, hearing this will picture those individual things and not actually fire. Right. Um, and um, uh, until they actually see fire for themselves, uh, they don't understand what fire is except through analogy. Right. Oh, okay. And so analogy is always imperfect. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is absolutely buddhist and especially zen buddhist idea right there like that is very yeah. much the same thing but like that's true to the religion of like like they say the finger you know zen uh, words are like the finger pointing at the moon it can show you where the moon is but you have to see the moon for yourself for that matter that's what yes. the matrix was referencing when it said nobody could be told what the matrix is you have to see it for yourself it's you know there's a zen buddhist aspect to the and the aspect of enlightenment with the matrix as well that was something that, that they were specifically referencing with the uh, in terms of its uh, uh, mythology, and, or in terms of its, uh, uh, th I guess, ide theology, you'd say, in that movie. Um, but yeah, and It's also interesting that Plato came up with similar ideas with the world of forms. Yeah, there's always a discussion of, like, to what degree these Eastern ideas influenced earlier. Like, we know, obviously, East eventually started influencing Western culture, but, like... Um, like you go back and you say things like, you know, Christianity, like early uh, and agnostic Christianity definitely has a lot of ideas that feel like they parallel Buddhism, especially um, with the idea of like, there's a great enlightenment that you can gain if you understand the true meaning of the universe and so forth. And that the, the, the physical world is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, like you have to sort of like, even the idea of having monasteries is probably borrowed from Eastern religion, which had it before Western religion did the, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, like it's, you will have to wonder if Plato had read something, you know, some Eastern ideas and that was, uh, influencing his thought, but, uh, but who knows? Or it, maybe it's true. And they both came to it independently. Yeah. I mean, it's a compelling idea. It's the kind of thing that maybe, you know, yeah, like it's, minds churning away could get to that point without having to necessarily reference each other uh and plato's whole thing was quite different i would argue like yeah at, at the end of the day but there's di clear clear similarities as well so yeah I, I just uh like in terms of uh like plato's cave um uh analogy uh is very similar to that um in like um you know all we see is shadows on the wall and and somebody who actually looked around and right. saw outside of the cave mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't actually really be able to describe it to somebody. Right, exactly. And and the platonic platonic ideals, as they say. You know, yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, Plato's thing was that uh, the world we see is like a, a dim reflection of like the platonic ideas. So like uh, a chair, there's the platonic perfect idea of a chair and everything we think of a chair is just a... Um, a dim reflection of that. Right. That's why it's so hard to define chair. Like, cause chair can mean a bunch of, you can't, yeah. you can't come up with a definition of chair that includes all chairs and excludes all non chairs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's like the... people have tried, tried doing that. Like a, it has a back and you sit on it. Okay. A horse and four legs. Okay. A horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's, and yeah. 
that's been you try to get granular with it but it excludes a lot of things that are chairs you know yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's why you know the you know what is a woman stuff is so stupid (laughs) yeah because definitions are uh imperfect and uh uh, asking us to to build a political situation on dictionary definitions is not helpful Mm -hmm. or possible (laughs) yeah i i i actually i i quite enjoyed this book um I I would recommend it. Um, uh, obviously, uh, I I agree. There's some problematic stuff with a with a white person um, uh, taking on Hindu mythology in this way. But at the same time, I feel like there's enough sort of outs in it. Like this isn't <laughs> this isn't actually supposed to be Hindu mythology. This is like in universe people appropriating him Hindu mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's even less uh, problematic than like takes where like aliens create you know like the egyptian gods were based on aliens that sort of thing <laughs> yeah right yeah i mean that's uh, that's fair enough i've you know i i you know just it is someone's religion that's all so you know you, you yeah yeah multiple people's but like, religion multiple religions but uh, yeah anyway yeah it, at least two people believe in the religion of hinduism <laughs> yeah um, no, I mean there are multiple religions <laughs> being referenced, and somewhat, yes, uh, somewhat. And again, there's a certain you can view it as a as a as something of a excoriation of religion. Like even if it's not specifically doing that, it's it's like obviously the ideology, like the theme, thematically, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a skeptical eye on religion, right? So anyway. Oh yeah, there, there's one character in this named Tack who's uh, who's been trapped in the form of an ape as a punishment. Um, he's the, um, uh, he's the archivist of the gods. I was surprised he's not actually from Hinduism at all. He's an original character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I kind of figured that was a reference to something. I mean, it sort of has, like, Hanuman, some other stuff in there, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Tax just an original character. Uh, and also, like, I don't know. Handsome Monkey King. He doesn't really act like him, but there's some parallels, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Sun Wukong in Chinese uh, right. mythology. I think he's just there um, to show that they can, you know, reincarnate people as animals, basically. And yeah, he's also um, uh, Sam's uh, son uh, from one of Sam's previous bodies, mm. um, and Sam doesn't actually know that. Um, and he uses it as possibly Sam's original body. Um, and it uses it as a discussion for how you know this um, um, system works, because all the all the population of this world are the children of these gods, right? Like descendants. It just over you know millions of years, or I guess it would be probably just thousands. They they don't specify, I don't think. Right. But uh, that's a long time um, for even yeah. gods, you know. So yeah, let's say thousands. Yeah. So you know they're. They're out there having sex with their grandchildren. <laughs> well, great, 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 great grandchildren. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's it's very separated from through time, but it is kind of weird to think about. Well, somebody pointed like, out like you your great contact with genetically, like, your great, 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 great grandchild would be further away from you genetically than a lot of people alive today who you wouldn't consider. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, but yes, like, it, yeah. It's just kind of weird to think about, mm-hmm. uh, and like in a society where everybody does get new bodies constantly i mean having a son like what does that mean yeah exactly having a child like it's yeah um, well as you say the the whole thing is that they have people who are there to be their 
lower caste, essentially servants and subjects, right? Like it's, it is, it yeah. doesn't speak well of the founders of this, uh, of this planet slash religion that they, you know, they're, they're sort of uh, levering everything into this very control based system, right? For, for the yeah. descendants, instead of wanting something better for them, it was kind of like, you will obey us, you know? I also like the detail that they've uh, they've set up preo mats, uh, so like uh, machines to uh, that you you pay to sit on and to pray to the gods, so that you get um, mm-hmm. enough karma points in order to be yeah right exactly uh, considered for when you apply to be um, reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of again like th- this is a way of taking sort of metaphysical stuff and sort of if you systematize it through science it kind of becomes horrifying yeah exactly which is part of the point i think yeah yeah um let's see is there is there anything else uh uh, oh yeah yeah um uh the uh the rakasha are 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 demons from uh, uh hindu mythology so that name is taken from there and the uh main rakasha that we meet in the story who possesses Sam for a brief period, is named uh, Taraka, who is based on um, um, a uh, uh, Taraka Sura, uh, which is a, uh, a Hindu Asura, which is a class of uh, sort of low demons. Uh, and I, I believe Asura was the name of one of the characters in uh, in 10 Billion Days and 100 Billion Nights, right? Oh, is I the, can't remember. The girl character? Uh, but possibly, okay. yeah. Possibly, and I remember uh, uh, Ing saying like it's wasn't terribly accurate to to uh, Hindu uh, mythology, but you know that book wasn't accurate to Christianity either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Probably not very accurate to Buddhism either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in that case, it was coming from a Buddhist perspective, yeah. or like a, a right. yeah, they perspective known, of somebody from a culture right. that's neon gen- Genesis Evangelion thing of like, hey, we're going to use Christianity imagery because it looks cool, not because we actually know what it means, you know, which is what yeah. this is doing. I mean, Zelaney definitely read uh, Hinduism and knew Hinduism to a certain extent. Like yeah, I, I, I think he knew more like, about Hinduism than Anu knew about uh, Christianity at the time. He's, yeah. I, I believe. I believe he has learned uh, more about Christ- actual Christianity since then, because mm-hmm. uh, he's obviously he's, uh, done work since then. But uh, at the time, that was very much just you know this looks cool, <laughs> right? Well, I, again, like I, I, I can't. I absolutely cannot blame somebody for <laughs> for appropriating Christian symbolism. No, no, it's definitely it's, it. it's hard to get angry about. Even if I was, well, I guess if you were really religious, maybe. But like, <laughs> like generally yeah. speaking, this is a whole different dynamic than it is. Uh, you know, taking some marginal, like uh, you know, it's it's a there's an imperialistic aspect to it, basically. Yeah, but even then, it's like I don't know. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, mm-hmm. we, we do it all the time with uh, right. Um, I, I I try to do research when I use things in my fiction, but you know. Yeah. Um, well, you can argue if you're it, a Christian, you, it's good to see people using Christianity. You know, it, they're getting excited about Christianity. I don't know. <laughs> well, the angels are mon- giant monsters that kill people, but. Um, well, they are in the Bible sometimes too. But yeah, anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Be not afraid, and it's a big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kaiju. Um. <laughs> um 
So I think we should. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I again uh, recommended. Uh, uh, I, I I'd like to see a movie about this. I, I I'm not sure if it would have much. Uh, I don't know. They're they're making Dune finally, like a big budget version of Dune. Yep. I mean, they did. Um, oh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Wikipedia says it was a uh, TV version was announced, but yeah. that was in 2017. So who knows if that's happening? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of ideas of yeah, we're going to turn this into something. And it, although these days, almost it's it's hard to imagine something not getting uh, actually uh, adapted at this point. But it still have it's still obviously a lot of development hell stuff. So. Yeah. Well, the yuga is upon us, and it is time for us to ascend to the state of nirvana slash the radiation belt surrounding the planet. Until we are reintroduced into the cycle of samsara, we have been Philip Rice, the Enlightened One, and Adam Prosser, Death God. Our producer was the Trimorti Gods, Alex and Ross, and our music was by Jack Furick, uh, who's currently stuck in the form of an ape. Reminder that we both have Patreons, which help pay for our use of the Preo mats we need to uh, ingratiate ourselves to the Lords of Karma, as well as hosting costs and whatnot. So subscribe to either of us, and you get to have holy visions of early episodes of this podcast every time, as well as getting bonus material, cut footage, uh, illustrations, comics, among other things. Just go to Patreon and search for Philip Rice, one L for me, or Adam Prosser, two S's for Adam, uh, or uh, what-mad-universe.pinecast.co for all the links. You can follow us on uh, Blue Sky uh, at... Um, sorry, is it What Mad Universe? It's what Mad Universe... Uh, what Mad Universe.bsky.social, I believe. Okay. Or uh, Spear Halfhawk with an F for me, uh, or Prankster36 for Adam. Uh, and this is, again... Blue Sky. I'm not even going to be advertising our Twitter at this point. <laughs> All uh, of our socials are if you go to our website anyway. So Yeah. Uh, so until next time, remember that if you see Space Boot on the road, disintegrate it. <laughs>